0: This boy and girl are going to be well-equipped when the time comes to take their places as worthy members of adult society. Aloha, y'all. This is Daniel Eisenman, the host of the Breaking Normal podcast, where my guests are all invited based on the frequency of synchronicity, all done in person, and all trailblazers in the breaking of all things normal. Aloha, y'all. Welcome to the next 8.08 a.m. Monday morning Breaking Normal podcast with, uh, this time, Paul Reese. Maybe he'll even start calling himself the psychedelic Christian, as that's the name of his new book coming out, which is basically the bread and the butter of the conversation. He is on Tribe Vitamins. Today, I had a doctor that wanted to order a hundred bottles of bison liver and elk liver, and that brought up a lot because you know we don't have the hugest supply yet, although we are the only 100% one-ingredient grass-fed bison liver multivitamin that I know of. Isn't it amazing that one ingredient might be the best multivitamin? I know there's like products out there that brag about how many ingredients they have, but why? I mean, what if there is one ingredient that's truly the ultimate multivitamin? I think we got it. Bison liver. And the guy that wanted to order those was was a doctor. Did I mention that? Yeah. He's had him and his family on it for a while now. So if you're not on them, this is your bump Bumpy bump bump. Tribevitamins.com. Get yourself a bottle of bison liver and elk liver. Do a little comparison. Let me know what you find out. Take 7 in the morning on an empty stomach, maybe some coffee before some breath work or a workout. Holy moly. Short-term effects seem to include most, most likely a, a nice boost in energy and libido. Libido. And then uh, long-term effects definitely seem to be improved hair, skin, nails, teeth, and vision. And I think I'm on that vision one, that vision testimony. So holy moly. Um, I trust you all enjoy this episode. If you do or if you don't, please leave a review on Apple. It kind of serves the gods of the internet. And the gods of the internet, I'm not sure if we should be calling them gods. Wow. I'm not going to bring up the whole cultural chaos right now if you want to get my opinion on that listen to the previous episode with raw of earth and or any of the previous episodes there are so many good ones we got the quite, quite the arsenal now and thank you all for listening and tuning in that's why we're doing this one of the main reasons i also just love like as a journal for my daughter and friends and family um it feels like a my notes of following the breadcrumbs from god as a legacy Okay, I'm getting a phone call right now. Might be time for me to rock and roll. Enjoy the episode. Looking forward to hearing your feedback. Oh, yeah, just like Paul gives his number, here's mine. 404-538-3156. Shoot me a text um, before you call me. So I know who it is, and then let's talk. What do you want to talk about? (laughs) All right, let's keep breaking normal, y'all. It's definitely time to. Aloha, y'all. Wow. I'm here with... uh, a, a long time legend. We go way back, Paul Reese. Wow, Paul Reese, welcome to the show. And and you know, I was he asked me like, do, so do you do these majority like over online or how do you do them? And I was like, mostly in person actually. Up until Trevor Hall, <laughs> Trevor Hall got, catalyzed a shift in me. He, like he was in a place where he could only do them virtually, and I like respected that so much. I respect him so much. I made a shift for myself. Hmm. But man, it feels good to be back with someone in person. And uh, I think the first time I remember meeting you is probably in Stephenville, Texas, and I'm I'm almost unclear of why, how we... I think uh, we
1: met in Austin. Oh,
0: that's right. And Barrett then you came, that's to, right. Yeah.
1: you came to Stephenville, I think the next yeah. day. You were doing
0: good handstands. I- <laughs> and we recognized that. Like we like, the Rob Ross were just like scouts for talent of things that we were interested in. We were really interested in his handstands. Like, look at that guy doing those handstands. Let's go talk to him. <laughs> and then yeah you're right I think you planted the seed for us to come back to Stephenville Mm -hmm. to the barefoot market to do that's correct a um, a Rob Ross experience of sorts
1: that is correct it was is that a decade ago 11 years that's crazy
0: (sighs) yeah um, well on that note what do you think time is and I'm going to tell I'm going to tell people more about Paul Reese in a moment but just because it came up so quickly
1: what do I think time is yeah
0: what is time
1: I I used to think that I knew what time was, and now I can say that I don't. But what I can say is I've observed people and I love observing people and I've gone to nursing homes before. And I love old people in nursing homes and I sit next to them in a rocking chair. And they're just in silence. And you know, they might have one to five years left in their life. And the way that they're looking into, like, the atmosphere and into reality, it's almost like they're physically watching time happen. Like, they're so aware of what time is that they're, like, literally watching it. I think that's what the silence is. Like, they've said all the things, and now they're literally just watching what time is. And I think that how we understand time, you know, obviously a baby, it's almost timeless, you know, a 10-year-old, and it's like five minutes is forever to get out of class at the end of the day. You know, your 20s and 30s zip by, like, so fast you can't even blink. And uh, so, yeah, time is a lot of different things. Um, And that's a curious topic. I've wanted to explore if time has always been the same, like, from the beginning of, you know, uh, the moment of creation to now. If the universe is expanding, does time expand? You know, are we part, part of that expansion
0: right now? Is time getting
1: longer or shorter? But I don't have a real answer
0: yeah well thanks for that that Mm -hmm. reminds me of the podcast I did last night with Ra of Earth I'm not sure if it'll come out before this one or not but what a crazy time bender that was and uh, right off the bat we kind of came to the conclusion it's better for Ra probably not to answer my questions (laughs) because he'd rather just question my questions Oh, and on that note, on Questioning Questions, you really have something exciting coming out soon. I don't know when. Um, maybe you can tell us now if you know, speaking of time. But uh, a book called Psychedelic Christian, which is your second book to kind of tiny home. We'll, we'll talk about both, but Psychedelic Christian, what a name. It
1: is a name. Um, it's called The Psychedelic Christian. And, yeah, it's a name that... I have had uh, to wrestle within my spirit for the last several years on whether or not to use the title, and I talk about it in the uh, kind of the intro to the book, and my goal with writing this book is to reach kind of the fringe seekers of truth, people that are, you know, uh, doing ayahuasca, or doing DMT, and, you know, taking mushrooms and taking these journeys, um, and they might never go to a church, uh, they might... Um, never pick up a Bible, but I think that if there's a book called The Psychedelic Christian, uh, that they would pick it up and read it. And because I was engaged in that reality for a decade, um, that is the people that I feel called to reach with the message of Jesus Christ. And, uh, you know, if I wrote a book called The Christian, like nobody that, you know, eats psychedelics uh, or takes psychedelics would um, pick it up more than likely. But a psychedelic Christian, so... Yeah, and I realized that there's going to be Christians that judge me, and I'm okay with that. Um, and feel free to call me or email me. I'd love to talk to you.
0: How would they do that, uh, by the way? How would they reach out to you while we're on that topic, just in case someone takes action on that? Yeah,
1: Paul Reese R I S S E twelve at Gmail. I'm also on Facebook or Instagram at Paul Reese, and then nine four zero five seven seven nine zero zero two. And this might be crazy, but I've actually given my number out on the podcasts as I did with Ben Greenfield and Matt Blackburn and Paul Lightner, and I've had maybe 40 people that have just randomly texted or called that I've had the best conversations with, and several of them have given their life to Jesus, and uh, it's been really amazing uh, to see and just get random texts some nights. I'm like, wow, this is awesome. Just end up having a two-hour conversation with someone I never met who's in another country who you know just ate mushrooms and they have a question or something about Christianity and Jesus and so it's been cool
0: wow um i have i've already written so many notes i'm i'm loving doing these interviews lately with the note taking particular with a pen and paper rather than my phone that could be a book in the future you know <sighs> all right there's a lot ben greenfield let's just talk about him briefly that's a big honor to be on his podcast i i think i was on his show representing the rob bras on youtube before it was as big as it is on you on um on the podcast Mm -hmm. realm now i don't even know if it is a podcast but it was a youtube interview and uh, i've met ben who who's who's i'm gonna i have all these questions like what is Mushrooms, DMT, Ayahuasca, Jesus, a church? What has been, who's been Greenfield? Who's been Greenfield? <laughs> oh, and I say that because he has, he's been, and I say that for multiple reasons. I, a previous podcast with Ronnie Landis mm-hmm. and several others, I've come to the conclusion that Jesus is making a big comeback culturally. Like Jesus, like people, like people that I thought were like against Jesus mm-hmm. seem very intrigued by Jesus right now, in my opinion, mm-hmm. compared to years ago. Yeah, and I find that amazing. And Ben Greenfield had some things to say about Jesus and the Bible that was like was the Bible, um, that were like shocking to me. <laughs> I heard him on the Jamie Wheel podcast. Like, do you did he did you all talk about that on the podcast? And how would I guess people could just search Paul Reese and Ben Greenfield. But what, do you know the name of that episode?
1: Yeah, I think it was titled "The Christian Psychedelic." Um, oh, nice. Which is a slight variation of the title, but yeah, you can search for that on Ben Greenfield's uh, podcast. And I enjoyed talking with him. I um, he has explored the topic and he is also engaged, uh, in r- firsthand with that reality. And he also, um, you know, he claims to be a Christian. So, and he has knowledge of the Bible and, um, I appreciate the sharpness of his mind. I appreciated his questions. I appreciated a little bit of the pushback. Um, and it's rare to find someone who can engage on that level. And I, I really appreciate it. And I, I, uh, yeah, I'd have another one. I think I'd like to do another one whenever uh, the book comes out. I'll be sending out to a bunch of different people and looking to have these conversations.
0: Well, I'm going to put myself on the spot because I listened to Jamie Wheel's recent book. I mean, I've listened to Stealing Fire. I've interviewed Stephen Kotler. I would like, I'd love to interview. I remember that future of interviewing Jamie Wheel. Um, but I listened to his book, Recapture the Rapture. I listened to his podcast with Ben Greenfield. Mm-hmm. And the way I remember it and this is where I'm going to put myself on the spot because I don't know exactly what they said, and I'm not claiming to, but it almost sounded like Ben Greenfield was saying that the apocalypse has already happened or, of sorts and or something, and that we are on the new earth of heaven. And, and then Jamie was like, that sounds like a rapture ideology. Hmm. And that's how I remember it. Okay, yeah, I haven't listened to that one, but I'll listen to it. And how do you remember, like, what's, do you understand that your differences in the beliefs around Jesus, Christianity, the Bible, with between you and Ben Greenfield, for instance?
1: Um, I think that he would have more liberty in his approach to engaging psychedelics that go beyond um, the type more, that touched more on the psychedelic nature of them as opposed to maybe the therapeutic or healing uh, nature of them. And it gets really slippery even on these definitions because uh, he actually does say that he's very cautious um, with it. So I don't want to overstate anything, but um, I haven't had the freedom yet to promote, you know, microdosing um, mushrooms or, you know, ecstasy MDMA or like some of the things that he is openly promoting, I haven't had the freedom in my spirit from God yet to do that, and so um, that is something that I wrestle with—not um, uh, necessarily around synthetic psychedelics, but around psychedelics from nature. Um, on the freedom that one can have if they're a Christian and engaging those substances, if. They actually have a healing or therapeutic value to them that you're not just going completely into another realm and you know losing control of your helmet of salvation and um, you know you're not being sober minded you're not in control of your thoughts so things that are biblical principles that I believe we should live by um, and so yeah I don't, I don't I also don't want to answer for Ben because uh, he's smart and um, yeah I'd actually love to ask him that. That question and we'll probably have that conversation another point
0: also on the radar ben welcome to the podcast when you get here <laughs> I, have, I have an email going somewhere <laughs> helmet of salvation you said yeah what is that what's a helmet of salvation uh it's part of the full armor of
1: god and uh the helmet of salvation and the full armor of god is your thoughts um so basically when you pray Uh, to strengthen uh, your helmet of salvation, you read God's word, then you can become ultra aware of how your thoughts um, manifest realities around you. And it's one thing to have a thought, and that thought turns into a negative thought, then it turns into a downward, downward spiral, and then all of a sudden you are locked into a state of depression or anxiety because of that first thought coming in like, that's awareness that that thought creates The next step would be like, okay, where did that thought come from? Oh, it's because I looked at, you know, this magazine and it made me think of this thing that happened in my life. And so the helmet of salvation, I believe at its heightened point is to be able to look at everything around you and be aware of these spiritual influences that are outside of you. And then you have the authority on what you allow into your head as a thought. And, um, I believe that prayer, and uh, through prayer and God's word, that you can develop discernment, and that you can basically uh, secure your thoughts, and that's called the helmet of salvation.
0: Awesome. So, uh, uh, everything we say, we pray, or no? What's the what's praying and what's praying versus talking versus like spell casting? Um,
1: praying is uh, communication with the Creator, and um spell casting is uh channeling a uh, source I believe that's outside of God um in order to create a desired effect and to manipulate reality spiritually and uh what was the second one you said?
0: I like just talking oh I I mean, We're doing it. I don't don't know how to. I would say we're praying. That's what, in a way, I would say we're praying. We prayed before we started this. There's been a real creative constraint for me. And, you know, um.
1: There's, there's a verse in the Bible that says pray without ceasing. And so I always wondered what that meant. And because I was like, well, I can't pray when I'm asleep. I can't, you know, if I'm actively engaged, like, in like cutting down a tree with a chainsaw. My mind needs to be focused on that chainsaw, cutting down a tree. Like it's hard for me to pray in that moment. And then uh, I had prayed about that verse. Um, and God just showed me that, you know, um, our breath is a gift and that every breath that we have uh, can either be a blessing or a curse. And so with every single breath that we breathe in, we, we actually is like,,. God way. God way. And so I'm saying Yahweh, but I'm doing the breath and we can actually um, stay in a state of prayer by realizing that every breath can be a prayer and that breath can spiritually be feeding a blessing or a curse in your life. Uh, as opposed to, um, you know, it's like, let me have a specific time to pray about this specific thing. It's like just an awareness that God is always with you. So in some sense, uh, talking and praying could be the same as far as God having an awareness of what you're saying um but the intentionality of you speaking directly to god versus me speaking directly to you i believe is is uh is discernible and and
0: it is different Nice. I'm happy we talked about that. I'm happy we, pr- I'm happy we prayed about that. Yeah. <laughs> um. You, there was, when you were doing the Yahweh breath, um, it mm-hmm. reminded me of, and you mentioned mushrooms earlier, and microdosing of mushrooms, and then like you mentioned, chainsaws and trees. I think I remember a story of you telling the Rob bras when we were at a party of some sort somewhere, about a party that you were at once, where someone was in a high dose of mushrooms or something, and they or it was you and someone cut down a tree or you cut down a tree and you were oh yeah that was crazy can you uh, I would like just yeah for the sake of me remembering it in this Uh, moment I would love to know that story if you're able to tell it I don't know who it was about actually I think it was about you though for some reason
1: I I mean I observed it um, and I asked the question man that's that's going back almost almost 20 years that's or yeah not quite 20 years but um I'll just be really vague because people are still alive, and you know, but I'll be vague i uh there was a a tree that was very large and beautiful on a lake and had a friend who wanted the tree cut down and uh because we had built like an observation tower to watch the sunset and he hired this guy who um was a very sensitive, like hyper-aware type of person, but he he was in desperate need of money, and my friend was rich. Uh, And he said, hey, will you please cut down that tree, and I'll pay you. And I could
0: tell that that Did guy he make his sun gazing observation no. <laughs> deck even better. He was going to cut. Down no, a tree. So
1: from our, where the deck was, where we watched the sunset off the lake, there was a tree that like right where the sun was setting, it was like blocking oh, the okay. ray of. So I have a little experience with this. Okay.
0: Now I get it. Yeah. So, so the so, owner, yeah, it was he, like, well, we got to get this. We got to get rid of this okay, tree. Okay, and
1: okay. so, um, later in the evening, uh, there was people that had taken, uh, some psychedelics and, it was actually one day I'll write a book about that single night because um, it's, it's definitely a book. But in the micro part of the book that I'll you know, future will write with alternate names, uh, this person um, had taken LSD and they were, I was on the um, observation deck and he was walking down the road and the moon was shining and it was nighttime. And I said his name, and he looked up at me. And I said, "How did it feel whenever uh, you cut down the tree today?"
0: And the, I, the actual cutter of the tree, not yes. Beyond. Okay, okay.
1: Yes, and he, um, I could tell that during the day he had basically justified it because he needed money, but like in that experience, I saw him like physically take on like the pain that he had. You know, suppressed in the pain of cutting down that tree. And he can, like, he had a really, he was really in tune with nature. And so he had, I saw that he had denied like a part of himself to make money and compromised a part of his beliefs. And he like fully realized the action of that in that moment. And he just like fell onto the ground and started like curled into a ball and just started like crying and crying and like, w- like, like weeping like really loud. And then
0: a bunch of crazy things happened after that, but that's like the beginning. Well, it reminds me of this idea that I think I've heard somewhere on some podcasts with some cool people about like people there in the oil industry have a uh, psilocybin deficiency.
1: Mm. (laughs) Well, um, I I could see that as a possibility. Um, Yeah, it definitely uh, with. It has the ability to wake people up and to show them things that are different than their experience. For sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, it seems like it may have had the, uh, the something to do with the the uh, part of that story that evening was the psilocybin. Uh, well, he. I think he took LSD, or, or and that seems to be in a similar category of empathy for for trees, nature, for yeah. trees, and beyond.
1: Yeah, and. Uh, there's a part of my book that I write about this, and it's that um, most people, a lot of people, when they're atheists, they take a psychedelic and they actually become spiritualists. Uh, on a rare occasion, I've seen people that say they've encountered Jesus, but it's pretty rare. Um, they usually become spiritual because they interface with duality and then they also tap in and they feel one with the universe, one with nature. They go to the stars. They go inside a tree, inside a leaf. They die. They go to the roots, the whole thing. Uh, and I've been there and it's, it's, it's a game changer as far as like how you view life. Um, but in the Bible, uh, it says in the end times, they'll worship the created thing more than the creator. And I think that what people don't realize when they're in that state is um, is that they're actually interfacing with nature and nature is in the act of worshiping God, its creator. And I think that's why they fall in love with nature is because literally it says like the rocks cry out. Um, and uh, it says the heavens, you know, declare the glory of God. And so literally if you're looking at the stars, the stars are literally declaring the glory of God. And if you look at the rocks are literally screaming out and worship to God. And so I think when you are in that state, like in that state of oneness, like our, um, our natural, uh, state would be to worship God. And I think that's what we're tapping into, but that is hard to discern if you don't, um, believe that going into it. Um, and I believe that, uh, you know, um, God can speak through those things and in that way. But usually what I've seen is that people end up worshiping nature and becoming spiritualist and, not necessarily just saying, you know, Jesus uh, Christ is the
0: way, the truth, and the life. So, yeah, and that's um, that's a big statement. I mean, it's I'm the psychedelic Christian. I can relate. I can relate. Yeah, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the light. Mm-hmm. As life, said. life, the way, the truth, and the life. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jesus, Jesus. I think I did a podcast with Timothy. This was one of the, I have to go back and listen to this, but we were in Austin. And Mm -hmm. I'm pretty certain at the end of the podcast, after talking about Jesus Mm -hmm. and other things, there a plane wrote Jesus in the sky. Wow. That was one thing. (laughs) There was another one in Encinitas with Timothy as well. And we were talking about what a taboo word Jesus is Mm -hmm. in Encinitas. And we were talking about this to this guy that actually had claimed he had gone to a guru in India that manifested something directly out of his hand. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about Jesus. And then this lady walks up and starts screaming, F Jesus. I Mm. can't even repeat the full word. I'm like, is this real? Right. And those are just two stories out of many. Mm. (laughs) What is Jesus? What is the, like, uh, you know, I have my beliefs around it and I I like Yeshua as well. Yeah, um, sure. But what is this what is going on with this word and Jesus for you and the world what do you think?
1: I think that uh it's quite possible that there's going to be a great deception uh, that happens around the word of Jesus, and it's—I think it's possible—that it's starting to happen right now. Um, and um, actually, even last night, I was talking with uh, the gentleman that we met, and he was describing his uh, ayahuasca journey, and he said that you know, when he went uh, through the depths of his ego depth or death death—I'm sorry—and he intuitively um, called out to Jesus and then he said, and then he experienced Christ consciousness. And I said, whoa, whoa, hold up. What's the difference to you in that experience between Jesus and Christ consciousness? And is there a difference? And he said, there is a difference. And um, I would like to explore uh, with him more of what he meant by that because there was some loud music and uh, it was kind of hard to hear, Um, but, I feel that the coming deception is going to be using the name of Jesus, but it will be a new age concept of him as a teacher, um, not as uh, the Lord and Savior. Uh, And it will be aligned with Christ consciousness as opposed to um, the need of jesus christ from a place of being broken and humbled by uh, realizing like your own error your own mistakes your own sin uh and just seeing the power of jesus and understanding who jesus was and the sacrifice that he gave on the cross and what that really meant for a perfect person to do and uh without you know that experience changing you that true relationship with jesus changing you um then for a lot of people it's just religious and then for other people it can be intermingled with uh, kind of a new age concept of christ consciousness and there's i think there's going to about to be just millions and millions of people that will be claiming jesus um and you know someone like Justin Bieber. Uh, I don't mention Justin. This might be the first time in my life I've mentioned Justin Bieber, but he's a Christian. I've read his post and he actually claims the Holy Spirit. He claims Bible verses. He does the whole thing. Um, and I I think that's amazing. People are hearing the name of Jesus. Uh, and I am not trying, I know have no intention of judging him, but if you, as an observation, look at, everything in his life around him the videos he does the people he's with um, just there is a level of worldliness and of he is like he's basically being worshiped in the same way that jesus desires people to worship him and god the father wants us to worship him and justin bieber is being worshiped um and it's um it's slippery because the bible it's one thing to have a relationship with Jesus, and this is a mistake I made big time at the beginning of giving my life to Christ. Uh, is that it's one thing to have the give your life to Jesus. It's one thing to have an experience with the Holy Spirit, where the Holy Spirit reveals things to you, teaches you things, like humbles you, uh, gives you visions. There's a, a number of things that the Holy Spirit can do um, that are very amazing and powerful, but God's Word is the foundation for understanding what the Holy Spirit does and who Jesus is and whenever you leave the Bible out of it, it very quickly becomes slippery because we start to intermingle our own personal philosophies our own worldviews in with the Word Jesus without the foundation of understanding biblically who Jesus is um and there's also you know the verse in the Bible says uh you know there. People who cast out demons in my name and heal in my name, and I'll say, "Depart from me, and I never knew you." So, the fact that there is actually power in the name of Jesus—like I've seen people use that power before—and then just completely, like that was it. Like, okay, uh, I know that there's power in the name of Jesus. We're going to use it now, and we're going to go back to whatever we're doing. Um, and so, the mistake that I made uh, for the first several years of being a Christian was that because I had rejected. Uh, Christianity out of fear and out of uh, there were some uh, bad things that happened to me growing up in the church that were just uh, not healthy um, and uh, I just I thought it was all just made up, a lie like hypocrisy, all of it um, and so I when I gave my life to Christ like it was so hard for me to read the Bible because I had trained myself to try to look for hypocrisy in the Bible and you, if you are you know, look, reading the Bible, and there's very, very deep questions that come up when you read the Bible, like the deepest questions in the entire world. Every, every philosopher since the beginning of time, the best philosophers in the world, if you boil down all of their arguments, they're contained within God's word. All of their their thoughts are contained there, good and evil, original sin, um, morality, all of it, truth. Uh, and so... We will. Free, free will, will. yeah versus that's his predestination right. yep calvinism arminianism the whole thing and i've so, met some
0: pretty inspiring people that believe everything is they're just along for the ride
1: um
0: yeah it's that that done. is there isn't it's, is a, yeah, it's funny there's a new age version
1: of arminianism and a new age version of calvinism but they don't even realize it and it's it's pretty funny to observe um <laughs> But uh so back to, I was almost finished with that thought. Let me see here. The I made the mistake of not using the Bible um, to help me discern what the Holy Spirit was telling me and revealing to me and showing me. And so I actually very quickly, my own want, will, and desire, I intermingled with what the Holy Spirit was saying. And I started believing that the same thing that I desired was the same thing that the Holy Spirit desired. But if I looked at the actions in my life now that I had back then, I'd be like, whoa, you're way off. Like, Like, that was not biblical at all. And so God had to convict me and break me of a lot of things and teach me how to read his word and actually pray for revelation, pray that God would open up my heart, my mind, my soul. And the words actually came alive. Like, I could read, like, one verse, and it would convict my lifestyle and my thoughts so intensely. I would just put down the Bible and just pray. And it, like, literally could feel like the words were jumping off, like it almost turned into waves, like reading the Bible. And that doesn't happen every time, but if you pray for it, uh, I can really um, it says it's a discerner um, it's a two-edged sword and it's a discerner so that's that's a it's a weapon and when you read it it goes inside of you and it actually discerns spiritually your thoughts uh, your habits your actions all of it and uh, that's why most people will be against the Bible but if you um, ask them if they have read it extensively and prayed in that way not just read this portion to show that oh there were slaves in the bible or that children were killed in the bible and god commanded it like most people whenever they have an issue with the bible they just pick out the parts that are really hard to answer but they don't actually take the book as a whole and they don't realize that there's a difference between prescriptive and descriptive and going to the original time when it was written to the people it was written to and the culture it was written in uh and so it's a it's a i believe a lifetime journey um trying to fully understand the Bible, but there's some amazing stuff in there.
0: Yeah, you know, speaking of people that um, use the Bible in strange ways, I saw a clip. I'm, I'm guessing it was real. You know, I've also seen like computer animated clips of um, like Obama that were not real, right. and they like gave defects. a disclaimer. I was like, I would have never known. Right, but I did see this video, so I'm not sure if it's real or not. But Biden, <laughs> Biden, I guess our president. Mm-hmm. And it was um. It, Explaining the biblical thing to do would be to get vaccinated. Hmm. Yeah, I think it's because,
1: yeah, there are, you know, specific political strategies that you can use and to love your neighbor is the um, platform that they uh, would be operating from in trying to manipulate that in order to, uh, you know, get people vaccinated and that's not the correct way to do it. Um, And it's actually wrong to do that. (laughs) so yeah, I I disagree with his approach, but I think it's neat that he uh you know he's at least trying to use the Bible. <laughs> That's kind of cool. I've never heard that from him. Yeah, I, really I mean I get I mean, most
0: of my news from my like ins- my friends' Instagram stories. I'm like, right. that can't be real. I'm right. still I'm like that is that that can't be I real. Literally I literally
1: don't know that. what's real anymore online. Like I know that like you're in front of me right now and there's a dog here and drinking some Yerba Mate and there's rain outside and I'm in Colorado, but like, when I read something online, I literally anymore I have
0: no idea if it's true or not. And that's a hard thing. Well, I also, you we had a phone call the other night, and it reminded me of an experience where you we were praying with someone, or you were praying with someone, and you were asking them to say the name of Jesus. And I've seen this as well. I've been, like, actually on Pearl Street before, where someone, like, it kind of approached me, and they would look like they were looking for help mm-hmm. from Jesus. That's what I thought. That's what I thought.
1: What do you mean when you say that? Like, like you they, could see like eyes.
0: demonized like they, like, they were trying to let go of something, and they were trying to find help, like, mm-hmm. the real help. And I was like, have you prayed in the name of Jesus? Mm-hmm. And, like, when that came up, like, he, he was like, yeah, that's a great idea, but he just couldn't do it. He just, like, there was a part of him that had that had real resistance to praying in the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then I remember that phone call we had the other night where we had that experience as well with someone that we knew. And it was just like they um, – It was seemingly impossible because of something.
1: Yeah, there are um, the enemy uh, would love to control um, every heart soul and mind and affect it, and uh, and it. There's a habitation that that spirit desires, and the Holy Spirit. You know, desires the same habitation, and that's basically the free will that we're given um, is a choice that we get, uh, and to respond to God's voice, and to respond to the message of Jesus, and to who Jesus is, uh, and respond to a relationship with the Holy Spirit, or re- respond to what the world has to offer, um, and Satan has to offer, uh, and uh, Satan can operate in a, I mean you know, the man in the Bible had legions. So that was literally a thousand spirits. And so I believe there's way more than that. And each one of them can affect people in a different way and they can affect their thoughts. They can create strongholds. Um, I also believe that when we're born, not only is our, you know, DNA physical, it's also spiritual. And so uh, it says, you know, um, the sins were uh, to the uh, second and third generation. So, uh, when someone has a, they're born, and they say, oh, you're, you're, and we looked at your enzymes in your liver, and your dad was an alcoholic, and you're, you know, have a predisposition to alcoholism. I believe not only is that like a physical trait, but it's also like a spiritual trait. It was a spirit of addiction that manifested in the DNA of the father, and created a passion bridge between the mother and the father, created the child, that child not only is the human DNA of the parents, but it's also the entire spiritual makeup of those parents, and When you're looking at that you're looking at the physical and the spiritual and um, so yeah uh, so that's another way that spirit can affect uh, people is that they can be born with um, those things both the blessing and curse they can be born with um, each person to a different degree Uh, but then also taking things on as they grow up either through traumas or intentionally as they get older yeah there's a number of ways that the enemy can put strongholds on people where they do not want to hear the name of Jesus and uh, to be perfectly frank, many times uh they don't want to hear the name of Jesus because maybe they were raised in a Catholic church that had a slightly manipulated religion and they were abused by a priest and so when they hear the name Jesus, it reminds them of being abused by a priest when they're growing up in the Catholic Church you know and so the name of Jesus doesn't represent. Um, life. It doesn't represent love. It doesn't represent salvation or freedom uh, from sin. It doesn't represent anything besides abuse. And so to try to override a person's traumas or indoctrination uh, around an improper uh, use of a religion uh, that they grew up in, it's, um, it's nearly impossible. But uh, I had a friend who said that in those times that uh, speaking in tongues can be very helpful because you can actually override the barriers of protection those, that those spirits have put up to stop. I, I remember clearly like whenever um, people would talk about Jesus for a period of my life, I was just like, yeah, that's just like religion. That's was like fake. I was like, this is made up. And it wasn't until like I experienced Jesus that it changed me. And so I really understand when people say, yeah, it's just religion. I'm like, I know, man, I, I thought the exact same thing. Um, and until you're humbled and broken and you see the power of Jesus and experience the Holy spirit and see like how that can change you and how it can teach you. And, uh, then that's, that's really the only thing, like going going to church and sitting underneath a pastor. It's uh, some of those things are very beneficial and wonderful, but God has to work on your heart, and you have to respond. And um, yeah, but there are people who it's really hard for them to. And uh, and there's a difference. Sometimes a person is just um, they have a spirit unwittingly. So let's say that they had sexual abuse happen to them when they were a child, and then they took on something spiritually from that, and that spiritual nature that is a root in them that actually manifests in their life into habits, but they are not fully aware of it. Um, And then one day they pray, and Jesus shows them it, and they have freedom, and they release that spiritual root. Um, That's one thing. It's another thing entirely when someone consciously... Knows they are channeling an evil spirit and that it's going to give them power in order to manipulate and create things that are very harmful. Um, That's a completely different thing. Um, And Jesus' name has power in both things, but one is, one, usually a person is broken and they have a desire not to be in pain anymore. And the other one, the person is 100% against Jesus because what they're channeling gives them a power and calling on Jesus would take away that power. And so, one is like sorcery or witchcraft. In um, you know, the other one, I believe, can just be possession.
0: Hmm. Witchcraft meaning the one where you're trying to manipulate to your own desire. Using well, you're channeling. You're basically channeling specific
1: spirits, and those spirits give you uh, very specific powers, um, give you insight or wisdom or the ability to manipulate systems. Uh, there's a large number of ways that it can manifest, but yeah, it usually gives the person uh, more power. And usually, um, even whenever they are coming against somebody that is a Christian um, or they're operating, uh, it's very rare that someone will actually engage a person in spiritual warfare on that level. Um, and uh, I'm not even sure that if that's that person's choice, thats they want to be a witch or a sorcerer or a warlock or whatever, I mean, that's their choice. Like they're consciously choosing that. They're not just like they're not just like oppressed or they didn't take something on from a trauma that they don't feel like they have control over that they'd love to be free from. It's like they're consciously doing something. Um, and so yeah, uh, definitely pray for those people, but it's a it's a much different scenario and challenge uh to deal with. But Jesus' name has, you know, power over all of those things and um yeah I've seen it in real life many times and yeah there's some intense things that can happen um but
0: Jesus' name has power amen to that giving your life to Jesus what does that mean? what does it mean yeah I think you mentioned that and that was
1: yeah there's there's a there's kind of like a christianese version it's like oh I went to Bible camp. And so they gave us a bubble gum. There was a concert. And they said, hey, raise your hand if you do know Jesus. And we all ran down to the front. And so, like, I know Jesus. You know, it's like I gave my life to Jesus. And I got a ribbon and a band. And now I'm just the same as everything else around me in the world. Um, so that, that, you know, I believe that can be salvific. Or, you know, how, if the person continues and the Bible says work out your salvation with fear and trembling meaning like your walk with the Lord uh, the process of sanctification uh, so as one giving your life to Jesus is basically surrendering saying you know I uh, am broken I sin I've done wrong I I operating from my own power I cannot do this anymore and uh, Jesus I give my life to you and um, and there is a a spiritual influence that can come into your life uh, with the Holy Spirit um, and by calling on Jesus and giving your life to Jesus. And uh, so that can, just from that moment forward, uh, giving your life to Jesus is proven by the fruits that are in your life, the outcome of the the actions in your life. Um, I think Jordan Peterson said, I watched a thing with him the other day, he said that, Actually, at first I didn't like it because he used the word act. He said, people say, do you believe in God? He said, well, I can't say if I believe in God, but I act like he exists. And I said, huh. But then he actually, in my mind when he said that, I was thinking of the word act, like, oh, I'm going to go act in this movie, and this like play, playing pretend. But his use of the word act, whenever he continued to define it, was the action in my life is more important than the words that I'm saying out loud. And I feel like so many people in America today, and I would be hypocritical to say that I haven't been one of those and people, and so I'm in no way judging people. I'm just, this is an observation, I'll leave myself, but of things that I've seen um, is that what they say out loud doesn't align with their actions. And I believe when you give your life to Jesus truly, that the fruits of the Spirit uh, love, joy, peace, uh, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, goodness. like if Are those things coming out of a person in their life? Well, then that is a reflection of their relationship with Jesus. That is the, the fruit that someone produces.
0: Um, you said you said all these things like joy, peace, love, long-suffering? What yeah. was that? You said long-suffering? Uh, yeah,
1: it's like long-suffering is... I was raised on the King James Version, I'm sorry. Sometimes I go to the... Uh, Old English, um, I was just quoting a verse. So long-suffering is one of the uh, fruits, and long-suffering would be interpreted in today's world as like the ability to endure out of love something, uh, like the ability to be with someone in their pain, the ability to love someone from a way that isn't selfish, that's unselfish, the ability to know you're right, and then to... <laughs> not have to prove that you're right you know there's a number of ways that long suffering can um show itself and I could have maybe used a different word if I looked up a different version of the Bible no
0: but. I'm happy to use that word and I'm happy I asked hmm. and then the, like the psychedelic Christian you know when I think about title I mean I imagine that's the great thing about the title I'm imagining it could bring up a lot for a lot of people but I'm guessing that people are going to think like oh um this might help me understand how I can use psychedelics to become a better Christian.
1: That um, you will have to read the book and everyone else will have to read the book, but I'll give you some insights. The book is nothing like I thought it would be, and it is <laughs> it's really funny. So I, I I wrote the majority of the book really fast, which is it's more of a compilation. There's part of it that reads like a book, the rest of it. There's free verse poetry that I've written. There's going to be art in it. Uh, there's going to be poems. There's going to be Bible verses. There's going to be experiences I had with the Holy Spirit. There's going to be uh, stories of correlation where, like, you know, I took uh, acid one time and had this experience, and I had this experience with the Holy Spirit. Here's what I learned from that. Here's what I learned from this kind of. And it's going to give my testimony. But then I also wrote a chapter, and the chapter was titled, Should a Christian Eat? mushrooms. <laughs> and I I spent probably four or five months. I wrote that chapter by sitting in silence and reading the Bible and praying and wrestling like on my deepest level with how to answer that question. Did you use
0: mushrooms at all do what did you use mushrooms at all while trying to wrestle I,
1: I did not. I've eaten enough mushrooms in my life prior to these experiences where I've kind of I have insight into like what those answers would be um and i uh my my friend who i gave uh i sent a bunch of the copies out to my friends i just printed them off on a computer i said i want your honest feedback and almost every single one of them that loved me they came back they said paul like we love the book but you should leave out the chapter, Should a Christian Eat Mushrooms? And it literally like almost cuts the book in half in length. And it was already kind of a short book. So it was just like, I was like, man, these people are like being really honest. And they're like, it's just like a different person wrote it. And I realized that the things that I struggled with and wrestled with in while writing that chapter, it was very, very personal to me. Um, because when you experience, you know, when you experience a trip or or like a journey, whatever the common uh, phraseology of those things is like, it can change you. Um, It's, it's a, it's a powerful thing. And salvation is powerful. Um, The Holy spirit is powerful. Um, But yeah, I, I, uh, so I took that chapter out and if anyone ever wants the chapter, I can send it to them personally, but I believe it was a wrestling match between God and I. And so to boil the chapter down, I, in Genesis, it says that God looked at everything that he created and it was good. Um, I look at it, I've studied, I was in health, you know, industry for you know decades as a trainer, chef, life coach, the whole massage therapist, writer, speaker, and, um, God created our bodies to have a relationship with nature. So if I'm walking down the road um, and on the tree, uh, there's some mulberries. I love mulberries. You know, there's mulberry trees on my property. And so I go and there's I... There's a few good ones, right? Yeah. Right here. I eat a mulberry. I get iron. I get the enzymes. I get the fiber. And there are very specific receptors in my body and stomach acids uh, that you know, enzymes that break down that food and we assimilate it and it does a very specific thing in our body. And that's because God designed our bodies to eat a mulberry and to have value uh, in that relationship. And now if I'm walking down the road and I'm say, hey, there's a plastic bottle cap and I pick up the plastic bottle cap and I eat it, <laughs> like my stomach is going to hurt. It's going to jack up my intestines. I'm probably going to bleed whenever I poop and I'm not going to get any nutritional value from it. It's because God did not design my body to have a relationship with eating a plastic bottle cap. So if you look at the mushroom, um, you know, there's a specific receptor, the 5-HTP2A receptor in our body. And what that receptor does is it takes the psilocybin that is in a mushroom and it converts it to psilocin, and it allows us to have, in small amounts, um a very specific experience that a lot of people have found to be healing or therapeutic with PTSD, anxiety, depression. And there's been a lot of studies done on it. Um, and then in a large amount um, that kind of you interface with an alternate reality that is actually a uh, very growth inspiring um, thing. And so for the life of me, I don't know why God would say that everything in his creation was good and why he would put that, receptor in our body, and why he would make our bodies have the ability to convert psilocybin to psilocin if he didn't intend for us to have a relationship with that. Now, to me, it's proper use versus abuse. Um, You know, it might be, uh, if I have a cup of coffee in the morning, um, I love coffee, you know, but if I have 18 cups of coffee straight and really powerful coffee that might be really, really bad, you know, so it doesn't mean that coffee is good or bad, but is there a proper use of coffee and an improper use? And so, and I also believe that it comes down to as a Christian, your intention in using it. um, And if you have conviction from God in using it, I'm not talking about hallucinating. I, I I have not had any, I don't have any freedom in telling people that they should take enough mushrooms to hallucinate because there's an unknown outcome. Maybe it's great, maybe, but maybe you end up like crazy and in an insane asylum and possessed. And I've seen both <laughs> unfold. And so I don't believe it's wise to overindulge in something that has that strong of a potential if you're a Christian. Um, now, the therapeutic value in it, um, I say pray, if God gives you peace, uh then move forward and try it, you know, microdosing it. Uh and you know, go to some people that you trust or, you know, a doctor, they're using it a lot more nowadays. Um and uh yeah, so in, in the Bible, God said, Um, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, he said, Don't eat of that tree. That was literally the only thing in all of creation that he said, Don't eat. And so the fact that he said don't eat it, like if he had other things, he would be like, Yeah, don't eat mushrooms. Like, don't eat um, this, don't eat that. So what's that tree? The tree of knowledge of good and evil? Yeah,
0: what's that? If it's not mushrooms, what is it? Yeah,
1: I mean, I've heard that speculation, and I've read Gnostic texts that um, describe that, and I talked about that, the mana in the Bible, like, I've heard that described as a mushroom. Um, uh, I don't know. The Bible doesn't say what the tree of, the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. It just says that it is the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Um, so I don't know what the fruit was, but it you know, it says it was it looked good to eat. Um, and it was enticing enough for not only Eve to be uh, persuaded, but Adam to directly disobey God and to choose to eat it. So there had to have been something very enticing about it, uh, but I believe it had it's not, it's not if it was a mushroom or a um apple or an orange or an apricot, like to me, the fruit of the tree is irrelevant. Um, The essence of the tree of knowledge of good and evil is that in that moment, whenever people are living in harmony and perfect creation with God, that they said, God, we understand what your will is and your desire and your commandment. And in this moment, for the first time in history, we are going to choose what we want to do. Instead of what you want us to do. And so I believe that is the essence of the tree of knowledge of good and evil was the first time that man was separated from alignment with God's will and exercised their own freedom of will to choose something against God's uh, direct command. And so I don't I don't think I don't think of it as an apple or an orange or a mushroom. Like it, it was the the knowledge of good and evil came from the action, not from the fruit. Um, like they realized that they had disobeyed God, and I believe that is what the knowledge of good and evil was more so than they, you know, ate a mushroom and they experienced duality and experienced even evil, evil and good to its true form in its like deepest form. Um, so I think it was more of the action and the end result than the fruit, but I could be wrong. Maybe I'll get to. Standing for God one day, I'm like, wow, that was a mushroom. That was
0: like, what was that? That was a root or that was a, some crazy fruit I've never heard of? Like, maybe that'll be the answer. But well, I think scientists classify as a whole different thing. There's like animals, plants, fungi. Mm hmm. Different.
1: Yeah. Um, that's true. Um, so you're, you're basically saying that it couldn't be a tree because it's fungi? <laughs>
0: It's definitely a fun guy. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I have like, I don't have too much judgments around mushrooms, and the, other than like amazement, especially in a small dose mm-hmm. of how it seems to act like a coffee of like creativity and synchronicity and like seeing through things, that, but like very subtle. And I'm mm-hmm. talking about a very small amount. I've never taken a huge dose. But I've heard all kinds of things with a huge dose, and I'm just like kind of like the few times that I felt like I took too much, mm-hmm. I wasn't a huge fan of it. Right, <laughs> um, it's because you like to have control
1: of your thoughts. Yeah,
0: that could that could be that too. <laughs> it's your personality. You'd have actually a bad experience if you did them. <laughs> but on a small dose, so it's like um, this seems to be like better. Like I could see how most a lot of people could argue it's better than coffee with less side effects. Yeah, I can see that argument. Um, The thing is that the it's like a nervous. It's more of a nervous system stimulant, isn't for me as well. And it's like steroids for nature. Definitely Mm. steroids for nature. Like, if I I would not recommend any amount of dose and go into a mall (laughs) ever. Yeah, that's uh, no, no. (laughs) Were you going to say something else though? Um,
1: you disrupted my thought before it started. Nice. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: And got the root before it came a fruit. <laughs> um, we're fifty-five minutes in. Do you want to make sure we talk about anything that we haven't? Um, yeah.
1: I've said this, I believe, on one other podcast. But if you're listening to this, and You are, so I did psychedelics for a decade about and close to a thousand times, uh, mostly mushrooms. And if you'd have taken me five years into that decade and I would have listened to the podcast that we just recorded, that we're recording right now, I would say that I was religious, like that religious guy, you know, I like, I would classify myself as religious. Um, so let me just encourage if there's a listener out there who is saying that just remember this conversation and if you ever come to a place in your life where you are going crazy or you're under spiritual attack like say Jesus please help me <laughs> I need your help I give my life to you right now I don't have power over this and you will have your life transformed and then um it'll be amazing uh, and there'll be challenges but it'll be amazing and so um I hope that this book that I write and just finished writing. By the way, it'll be I, I intend for it to be out at the end of August. Um, but I want every page of that book to be a seed, and if someone picks it up and reads one page, like that seed will contain a truth in it that points people to Jesus, that they can maybe in that moment God will speak to their hearts through those words, and they'll give their lives to Christ. Or maybe it's ten years later, or maybe it's you know four decades later. But I just pray that you know these podcasts that I'm recording. Uh, this book that I'm writing, or i finished writing, is going to be released. Like that each thing that I speak or write will be a seed that produces fruit for the kingdom. Um, and the other thing <clears throat> is that if you are theological or philosophical or, you know, exploratory with your thoughts or creative, and um, the God that created the universe, that created a tree to grow out of a seed that produces infinite amount of fruit that will reproduce itself for eternity— the stars that are aligned the the way the planets align and the gravity works and like God's not as scared of a question. like if you have an honest question for God like literally say God like I'm wrestling with this. if you're real and true like please speak to me like reveal yourself to me and I believe that God uh, can speak to each individual's heart and mind specifically and uh, so yeah I would just encourage people to, truly like communicate with god from their hearts and it might feel like you're talking to the air at the beginning it might feel like you're crazy you might feel like you're making things up but i feel like if you make the desire of your heart to understand and know god that he will reveal himself to you um and so yeah that's kind of what i'd like to say are there any questions you have left daniel
0: well i mean i was reflecting on when i feel like i'm at that state that you were describing of like hey i really want to talk to god I really want to Mm -hmm. Ask a question. Mm -hmm. The answer that I've seemed to get back, Mm -hmm. uh, mostly, it seems like I get this response in one word. Mm -hmm. And it's usually like the word relax.
1: Hmm. Relax. Do you think, why do you think that you get the word relax?
0: I think that's like, yeah, I guess that's what. It, uh, oh man, it's a good one. It's a good one. I feel like it's a natural state. It's like when the state that you were talking about—that that, that hundred-year-old or the nursing mm. home person—and or the babies in, mm. like when the baby's in the parent's arm, or that that right. uh, someone lived hundred years. Right. They they just the natural state seems to be relaxed. So I, I maybe God's just reminding me of the anchor of like the anchor of the emotion too, like hey, you can relax. Hmm. So like I, I, I take it as like yeah, I, like I take it that there's a. It's good to be concerned, Daniel. Mm-hmm. And you can relax. That's how I kind of take it. You can really relax if you want to.
1: Hmm.
0: It feels very inventory like inventational. It seems like that's up yeah. to you. That's up. You have the option. Yeah.
1: It says, be still and know that I am God. So there's a knowledge of God that happens in stillness that isn't as easy to understand or to connect with whenever you're extremely busy. Um, so yeah, that's pretty cool. Relax. I like that. Um, one other thing. Uh,
0: and that might be more the feeling I get. Like mm, I, I almost wanted to say that like the answer might not come in a word, but that's how I interpret the feeling I get mm, in a word.
1: Right. I like that. Yeah. It's good. Well, there's one other thing, and that is, um, I think that uh, the reason that psychedelics have become so popular, like whenever I was doing psychedelics, it was like super fringe. Like there were like Ram Dass or Timothy Leary were like, if you did a little bit of research, like there were or Woodstock, you know, you could or you looked up like Gnostic texts and stuff. But like nowadays, it's like every single podcast, like every book, there's like a, n- a huge number of books and podcasts and magazine articles and like scientific studies that are are all about psychedelics now, and I believe that's because there is going to be a necessity in the coming future for a spiritual answer that people are going to really be looking for. And here is the part that is the... Um, so I believe the enemy right now is using psychedelics um, as a form, as a way to become spiritual without knowing Jesus. So essentially becoming your own God, like you create your reality, or manifesting this. Like, And so here's the interesting thing, Daniel, and I write about this in the book. If I have $20 right now, I can go somewhere here in Colorado and say, hey man, I can have some mushrooms. I eat you know, four or five grams of mushrooms. And I go to a different place. I have a guaranteed spiritual experience. Guaranteed. Like 100% guaranteed I'm going to have a spiritual experience. It may be horrible. It may be great. It might be in the middle. It might be crazy. It might teach me something. It might make me like reconsider a million things. Um, I might be different at the end of it. But I have a guaranteed spiritual experience. If I say, God, I want to know you, and I get on my knees and pray for an hour tonight. Like, that spiritual experience is not nearly as intense or as growth-inspiring or as realistic. It can be, but it isn't guaranteed. Like, one is guaranteed, and the other, you're creating your own timeline for spiritual growth when you eat psychedelics, and when you are praying to God, God is choosing in His own timing how you grow spiritually And so God's way of understanding how you can grow spiritually is based off of his understanding of how he created you, what he created you for and what he called you to do. And that might mean that like, you know, whatever the thing is in your life, like maybe you need to have patience. So God's like, continue praying for me for a month before you have an answer or a year. And then some people like lack faith in God's like, let me answer this prayer immediately in a way that can only be me. And those things are spiritual growth, but they're not guaranteed. Um, but psychedelics are guaranteed spiritual growth, but we are dictating our own spiritual growth and we become basically our own gods, even though we're interfacing with the spirit realm and growing, quote unquote, spiritually. Um, and so I believe that is going to be like, really the um, the challenge uh, for Christianity and, and, and uh, for um, people knowing Jesus in a real way is that there is a less human-oriented spiritual growth that happens. Like, I'm not dictating it. God's dictating it. Um, So, yeah, just want to say that as well.
0: Hmm. That's a big one to leave us with. Just a little. I was thinking how many smart people that I know are going to, like, like, some people that have been on the show, I imagine they would, like, get triggered by the show. And I love that. Well, I would have been triggered by this show. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, mean, know, I imagine they've been triggered by a lot of shows, but like I just know Jesus' his name. Yeah, and it is so triggering.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I the the thing is, like, I if you're that person, you're out there, you're triggered right now. Literally, I left my number at the beginning of the show and my email address. Literally, call me, and I would love to talk to you. Like, if you're super offended or you think I'm wrong, and I might, maybe I am wrong. You know, I'm speaking from what I understand is truth from my experience in life at this point. Um, and I've been wrong before. I would love to have a conversation with you. Maybe you can grow. Maybe I can grow. Um, and, uh, so I'm speaking just from my heart and I love people and I know that people are looking for, uh, truth. And there's <laughs> so interesting. on on the flight on the way here, <laughs> sat next to this girl and, um, it was very like her body language like on flights nowadays i have to wear masks the whole thing is weird like just, this is just weird and people in the past you talk to people on planes anyway she um she almost immediately so she's like this is my second time in texas and like i uh you know she shared some intimate things with me that happened to her in texas the first time that were really bad and i just said i'm sorry and, and she said we do." do? I was like i you know told her i didn't and and I told her I was a writer as well. She said, "What are well, you written?" And I told her, you know, um, the uh, kind of tiny home. I told her I did health books earlier in my life, and um, I was writing a book called The Psychedelic Christian. And uh, she, um, at the end, she, she said, "I really want to read your book." She goes, "I want to tell you, like, I think you really should read a book. It's called The Science of Witches." <laughs> I said, "Okay." Um, uh thank you i uh it was just such a unique like exchange and if you'd heard our conversation throughout the whole thing it was almost like it was like you know you touch a bubble and like she was coming to boulder uh i think she lives in
0: arvada Arvada. yeah yeah this is very popular places for witches yeah. Like, there's, like, uh, stuff written on the rocks at freaking the park I go to. Yeah, And my friend, neighbor that you just met, mm-hmm. I thought it was an anarchist sign. I was mm. like, look, people are, like, writing anarchy stuff. Nope. <laughs> and she's like, no, that's Wiccan. And I was, like, oh. I was like, she's like, yeah, you'll know about that. I'm like, I do know a little bit about it. Yeah. But I know enough to recognize there. And she's like, yeah, there's witches all around here. And I'm like, I, I, I know a little bit about that. Mm. What, what do you think that is? Why is this front range of this Rocky Mountain little... Where the Rocky Mountains begin here in Boulder, maybe a hot spot for the science of witches and psychedelic <laughs> Christians for sure. Both of them.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've been I've been here a day and a half, and I literally at that party last night. Even at um, going to the park today, listening to people as walking by as groups. Uh, it's so fascinating,
0: <laughs> just the conversations you overhear. Like, wait, wait till we go to the party tonight if we go there. <laughs> From my encapsulator, tri vitamins, Warren. He ha- I use we partner on the lab up there in the mountains above us, where your brother lives. Mm-hmm. And he also has a tonic bar here in North Boulder. And if you want some real weird, breaking normal, Burning Man vibes and beyond, uh, maybe we'll flow that way, like psychedelic Christians, which is they're going to all be there tonight for sure. <laughs>
1: Well, I'm hoping that psychedelic Christian is Jesus, not aligned with witches. That's the that's the opposite of my intention. But I would love to talk to him about Jesus and listen to him. You know,
0: oh yeah, I, I don't know what Warren's religious beliefs are, but I know his Tonic Bar um, hosts a very eclectic space of those type of people for sure. Alchemists type of people, mm-hmm. evolved alchemy.
1: Well, Dan, thank you for. Having me on the show, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah. And, uh, I haven't
0: even asked you before you were on the show. What do you think? Have you did you get your tri vitamins in the mail?
1: Uh, I got them in three days, I guess so like, yeah, like four days ago. Um, I've taken them twice. Uh, the first day I noticed um, I took them on an empty stomach and I drank orange juice and what did I have? I like I have like one of those little like I forget what I had, but anyway, it made my burps taste weird. But I had more energy. And
0: the, the next- tanginess, mm-hmm. you might grow to like that. I've heard my friend; she's like, "I just love the tanginess." Like, and I, and yeah. I started burping from them, and I was yeah. like, I, "I taste the tanginess." Yeah, energy. and so
1: I, I appreciated the outcome. Uh, my wife didn't appreciate the burp part of it, but my I I, uh, I appreciated the outcome physically that it had on my thoughts uh, in the morning. Um, and so I would say that, yeah, I'll do a uh, testimonial on my Instagram stories or Instagram or something, and I'll continue to take them for a month and report on that. But the first day I took them, I had a lot of um, positive things. The second day was kind of neutral, um, but it also could have been that I had coffee with them and ate eggs and toast. So, um, you know, the body. You got the bison liver or the elk liver? I got the
0: bison. Nice. Yeah, this is an interesting thing. Most people do experience an energy boost mm-hmm. in the beginning and slash libido boost. So huh. maybe um, with those burps, <laughs> y'all about, y'all both be burping them together. Soon. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna get my
1: wife to take them too. Yeah, so. women
0: n- typically uh, appreciate them more immediately. Um, well, one hour and ten minutes and ten seconds. Look at that. We're go- we're gonna hit one eleven here. Nice. I like it. Thank you, Paul. You got a question for me before we say to be continued and thank y'all for listening to this podcast whoever's listening to this much respect for paul even his freaking cell phone and the whole all all the presence all the presence and if you haven't met paul in person i'd recommend that um this virtual reality that we're in is really interesting i mean you mentioned the you can just guarantee that spiritual experience through mushrooms When I went to Amsterdam, Mm -hmm. when I realized that you could guarantee like having sex with the hottest. Like the the normal person would think, oh, this is maybe the hottest woman I've ever seen. And you could do that like a hundred times if you had enough money. Mm -hmm. That changed my mind about that experience of life, the Mm. sexual experience of life, which I think you make a great point about like, yeah, $20 in Boulder. Yeah, you can get enough mushrooms to take you somewhere crazy. Mm -hmm. Crazy. And that's something to consider. That's like... Uh, usually cheap shots are not the way but I think uh, I'm not calling mushrooms cheap either mm-hmm. oh yeah that could be one of the most I have some like uh, it's just a good thing to consider so I yeah. I, I want to like highlight those two points like with enough money yeah you can have sex with all the most beautiful women you could dream of and with enough money not that much money you can have <laughs> the most psychedelic experience mm-hmm. ever mm-hmm. and those are good things to know before going into them
1: yeah and so I'll um... I guess when the book comes out, I'd like to be on again because I think this has been a productive conversation. But uh, I'd like to talk the difference between endogenous and exo- ex- exogenous um, dreams, visions. So one, you're taking a substance. Uh, the other one, if you look biblically, like there were craziest visions you've ever heard of in your life that happened in the Bible. Craziest dreams, the craziest manifestations of angels of. God's handwriting on the wall that one person can see. God's voice coming through a cloud, a you know bush on fire, donkey talking. Like they're the craziest things you could ever think about. Transfigurations, which is like time travel, basically like transfiguring someone who's been dead to real life in top of a mountain. And so there's, I believe, God. It has a supernatural ability, and um, the God is you know the God of yesterday, today, and forever. Um, and so God can provide what many would consider a psychedelic experience. Like I've had visions that I write about from the Holy Spirit that were nearly identical to hallucinations I've had when eating mushrooms, as far as like the visuals. Um, But going back to the point where God chose at that period of my life that that was what I needed uh, to gain insight and grow and to understand intimacy with the Holy Spirit and revelation. And it's not guaranteed for everyone. but yeah, let's let's talk about that in the future. Um, that'll be fun.
0: Yeah, speak how we started the podcast talking about time. I love remembering the future.
1: Mm. Remembering the future.
0: And yeah. realizing that sometimes there's even upgrades. Like I thought I remembered it, but it was even better than I remembered.
1: Mm. I talked with a guy one time. One last quick story, <laughs> very quick. Yeah, I talked to a guy one time and I immediately offended him. Uh, we were sitting at a restaurant. And he was alone. I was alone. And the first question I asked him offended him. He was a very wealthy, successful man. Um, and he had done a lot of patents. And we turned out that we somehow talked started talking about time traveling. He was investing heavily into understanding it fully and um, actively working towards the possibility of him doing it. And he had created a structure that was very large and very over-engineered so they could never, like if a hurricane or a tornado hit it or Like, it would never move. And and I said, because I had seen it before, and I said, that's yours? He said, yeah. I said, why? Like, why did you make it like that? If you just meant to make that as a symbol, like, you didn't have to add all that concrete and, like, iron cables and weld all that stuff. And he's like, because when you're time traveling, you have to have something that won't be erased by time, so you have a time print to go back to. And he said, that's what the pyramids are. Like, if you go to the earth time traveling and you go and there's no pyramid there, then you've gone too far back in time. So he said that a indestructible structure on the earth is designed to be able to come to that point when it was created. Mm. And if you go before it, that's like a marker in time. Mm. And just wanted to tell that it's an interesting story. It's a great thing to
0: consider. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of interesting uh, things uh, in the world. Uh, it's an amazing thing to consider. It got me considering all kinds of other things, but since I'm not grasping one, I think I'm just going to let it be. Yeah. Let it be. It's a good conversation. Let it be. Thank y'all. Wow. And uh, leave a review on the podcast. It's helpful to the algorithms, the gods of the internet, the algorithms. I, um,
1: if you didn't like me, Say, give Daniel five stars, but say, I hated what Paul said. And I think he was wrong, but five stars for the amount of hate
0: I have. That way, Daniel doesn't get. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> now you reminded me. Yeah, like I, I'm just celebrating for me with the Breaking Your podcast of being like really about heart sync over groupthink and thinking about the conversation we just had and like the sex ma- magic conversation I had with uh, Ra yesterday. And like, yeah, how the audience, if you're offended, congratulations. That's I, I like I think I, I if I, I know that's usually a good podcast when I get like slightly but there's like oh I just get offended I get offended for someone else mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know but I like it I like it nice I think when we can get offended in the name of love we're doing good mm. right now something else is happening for a lot of people potentially we're we're changing it as mm-hmm. usual keep breaking normal y'all much love.